Hey, it's Bob Zaney. I'm just being off the cuff here. You're listening to the Round Guy and Dave's uh, podcast. And if you are, then you probably don't know there's actually 128,000 other podcasts to choose from. Bay, bay. Thanks, Bob. There you go. Welcome back to Round Guy, the podcast, as we uh, have a very special guest today. Uh, my name is Dave Johnson, Mr. Southeast Iowa. I'm the co-host of uh, Round Guy, the podcast. And we have Lee Munts, who was a radio broadcaster for decades in Fairfield. Welcome to the program, Lee. Well, thank you, Dave. Well, Sorry, Round Guy couldn't be a part of our conversation today. Uh, he's not feeling so well. He has, uh, he, 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 uh, he's retired like yourself, and uh, uh, he's... Uh, not in the, the best of health, and he has some, some days where he feels a little better. He's going to take a little time off, but uh, uh, I know our listeners would be interested to hear. Uh, you retired for a year. How many years did you work in Fairfield? Basically just over, I guess it be 31, almost 32 years. I started in August of 1989. Man, and uh, boy, the radio business has changed since then, hasn't it? Oh, my goodness. It's more multimedia than radio. Yeah, so... Uh, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about, uh, how old were you when you started there? Let's see, that would have been 89 minus 1956, <laughs> uh, 33. So you were 33. So what, what was you doing before that? And how did you come to be, uh, how did you come to get the job in Fairfield? Well, I had started actually in radio during my, uh, days of growing up in Keokuk. I worked at, uh, the radio station uh, down there, KOKX, and basically a board op for St. Louis Cardinals baseball. We were talking about uh, the fact that back in the day, uh, baseball was regularly available on many radio stations. And, of course, you needed somebody behind the scenes to uh, push the buttons and everything and also uh, play some music when there wasn't baseball on. Uh, but then I went to Drake and uh, graduated from there in 1978. And then my first radio job was for KKSI in Mount Pleasant, and it was AM 1130. It's now part of KILJ AM and FM, but back then there was two separate ownerships and cut my teeth basically doing everything, news, weather, sports, farm markets, not so much DJing, but uh, I just got a chance to get my foot wet, uh, my feet wet, and, and all kinds of different aspects. I, I always knew in the back of my mind I was going to be a sports guy one day at a radio station and i did do a little bit of sports uh for iowa wesson uh university now back then it was iowa wesson college and uh, some of it was actually for the uh, uh the cable tv they would uh, film the games and i would do play-by-play -play, so it was kind of almost like quasi uh, television work at that point uh then first time i was a full-time radio sports director was at washington in the mid 80s around 85 86 i was there for one year and i remember uh, they had a boys basketball team that went to state there was a couple of twin brothers matt and mark first uh, there was uh frederick i want to say todd frederick was a senior on that team and then a really good young player i want to say steve brown the names are kind of that far back uh hard to come up with off the top of my head but uh, it was a lot of fun, you know, working that year at Washington. I got out of radio, and then the call came from uh, Fairfield. And, and actually, I started the year before I went full-time. I did the uh, basketball games, 
there was another crew, Bill Strahacker and Jim Kennedy, and they did the girls and I would do the boys basketball. And they basically recorded the home game and did the road game live, but then there'd be a tape delay broadcast of the, the one that was playing at home that night. So at basically every, every Fairfield basketball game then was on the radio, either live or tape delayed. And we, uh, then got the opportunity to become the full-time sports director in, in uh, like say 1989 and uh, just really never wanted to wanted to leave it so you you or I mean you did everything but sports was the main thing that you did and uh, you did the, the morning show for a long time too didn't you correct yeah I was a uh, well at that point did the full morning show and then when uh, Steve Smith, who is on there now at KMCD when he was, uh, when he came back from, he'd been down in Missouri and also some other stations out in, in Iowa, I want to say Carroll maybe. When he came back, he did the first or the, the last half of the morning show and I would do the first half. So it'd be like from six to seven 30 and he'd be seven 30 until nine. Oh. And then, yeah, did some DJ work on the, uh, on the FM station. So on, on classic 96 and, yeah, the first love is sports, and I could tell people in recent years what kind of got me thinking about retirement. Because back in the day, I I never I thought I'd be doing play by play on the radio until I was uh, as old as Fred Parsons. I joke uh, up into the eighties, maybe even go into the nineties. Uh, but the fact that you had to get stuff on a website, so I had to worry about spelling. And you know, back in the day when I first started in radio. You don't have to worry about spelling. You're just worried about pronunciation. And then along comes the internet, and you have to worry about uh, uh, typing stories and then getting pictures in recent years. And, of course, if you have if you take a picture of somebody and you put it on the website, you can get into aspects of copyright or having permission and, and stuff like that. And I just didn't want to deal with that. So that part of the uh, – multimedia aspect as i mentioned earlier is what really kind of drove me into retirement so like you say you were started out early in the morning on uh uh doing doing like the the morning show and right. then you'd be doing a basketball game till 9 30 10 and if it was on the road you're getting home at midnight or something like that what what were what were some of the hours that you kept as a as a radio dj well, and like you said, uh, I would get to the station pretty early in the morning because it was just easy to get things done before everybody else started showing up. So I'd get to the station around four o'clock in the morning or five at the latest. And then I'd work until at, at, for a while there, I'd go home and do the stuff on the internet from a home computer. So that'd be like eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning. Then I'd go back late morning and I'd either do the noon sports live or I'd record it and then also have a five o'clock sports cast that I would record for that, uh, that afternoon. And then going to the games, just depending on where it was at would, uh, determine the, uh, departure time, obviously. And like you say, uh, road trips to Keokuk, just over an hour down there and Fort Madison about the same. And then the short trips to Washington and, and Mount Pleasant, Burlington, not a bad trip. But it, it did make for long days, and uh, for at first, uh, for, for many years, I would ride with Bill Stryker. He was pretty much my color commentator until 
Oh, just after 2000, I think. I can't remember for sure when he stopped uh, doing it. And then in football, I, I pretty much always have had a color commentator in football. But in basketball, I found because of the speed of the game, it just was easier to do those games by myself. And there's no problem filling the, the, the break at halftime because you just had statistics to go over. And sometimes I'd you know interview somebody, like one of the coaches or whatever. But yeah, it was it was long days. So yeah. So how many people do you think uh, when you first started out doing it that you reached, and and are you reaching more with the multimedia, or are you? Uh, what what's the difference between now and then as far as the reach of the, of the uh, podcast? You know, I never really saw any numbers, so I, I I can't really guess how many people would be listening. And uh, but I definitely th- feel that with radio doing the, the the website and having pictures and just it probably has increased uh, viewership if you will on the website and as far as listenership uh, you know gosh so many people have said yeah we we listen to you you know in the morning or during the ball games and since I've retired obviously people saying they they miss me on the radio <laughs> Well, you're, you know, you're, you're a friend, you know what I mean? It's like, they're not talking back to you, but you're, you're in their home or in their car or, you know, and you're, exactly you know, exactly. you, you kind of get close to the radio guy, especially back then, you know, the radio was really important, uh, you know, from the seventies on up, you know, till now yeah. I just don't know how people, you know, get their news. A lot of it is through podcasts or YouTube and, uh, now, tell me about this uh, YouTube opportunities to watch sports. That uh, uh, I watched a lot of Fairfield basketball games. Uh, there's no commentary, but you can watch watch the game at home on YouTube. And I see numbers in the 600s or 900s people watching or some of the Facebook right. lives out there that have got 1,100 or 1,200 or 1,400 people watching the game. Yeah, there's no question. It's it's made it a, a different uh, aspect of uh, being able to, support teams or I guess just be able to watch like if you've got a relative on the team most most parents are going to obviously be at the games but let's say there's grandparents or aunts and uncles uh, cousins or just acquaintances of uh, families that live out of state or are not necessarily in the same city just makes it so much easier for them to to watch the games and like you say there's some of them have uh, play-by-play aspect to it, but many of them don't. You're just hearing the, the maybe the public address announcer and and uh, getting that that feel for the game. And it it's a little bit. I wonder if it's hurting the attendance. I never asked the activities directors if the uh, games being online if that's affected their gate, so to speak. I wonder. Well, what do you see in the attendance? You know, I watch a lot of the. Uh... You know, I covered basketball for the first time ever this year on through the podcast, and we were trying to paint with a broad brush because we were covering pretty much everything in Southeast Iowa. And, we, you know, we did all the interviews, but uh, I couldn't believe how much time it takes to keep up on whether it's high school football or high school basketball, especially when you're trying to cover a lot of teams and a lot of games. Uh, it, uh, how much time, prep time, did you have to put in a week to – to cover, let's say you were calling three games or something. It really, most of the homework was 
was doing stuff on the internet as far as checking statistics and things like that. But uh, when I'd get to a game site, I'd always make sure to get there an hour and a half, two hours before I was going to be on the air. Get the equipment set up, go over pronunciations of the uh, opposing team so that I would uh, hopefully get the names uh, accurately on the air. That was something I, I felt when I would hear a PA announcer butcher a name, and, and some of them were very simple names. I'm thinking, take a little time beforehand, get it right, because that's something that's important to the to the family. I know that a lot of times if you got one of those tough names, you just, well, oh, we're used to that, but they, they don't like it. So, so like I say, the uh, getting the stats beforehand uh, was the, the primary thing I would do before I'd get to a game site. So now with the advent of uh, smartphones, uh, you've basically got a computer with you almost 99% of the time, and you can look up those stats once you get to the uh, the site of a game, something that I never dreamed would take place back when I started in the, you know, in the eighties and radio. So let me ask you something, and not, not just specifically at Fairfield, but in all the time that you broadcast, who are some of the best athletes that you got to cover? Well, I actually, I, I wrote down some of the division one athletes that I've covered and, you know, it's been in several different sports and I'm going to go grab that list here. I didn't have it in front of me. But uh, one name that comes right to mind is Sammy Allison. She was a uh, Fairfield High School multi-sport uh, star. And I felt all along her best sport would be softball. She was all-state, very outstanding third baseman. And then she ended up playing Division One basketball for St. Francis in uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that was, uh, that, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, and she was a good basketball player in high school, but – the team she played for didn't have a lot of success back in that era. There was not a lot of talent around her. And she was also outstanding in volleyball and, like I said, in softball. Uh, Woody Orn, he's uh, right now one of the assistant coaches for the Fairfield uh, Boys Basketball Program, and he played football for the University of Iowa. Sophia Wolby from Maharshi School played girls basketball and then went on to uh, play for the Vermont uh, Catamounts. Tyler Cleveland from Arshi School, very good basketball player, but of course his talent was in tennis. And in fact, before, I think the program now has just recently uh, been shut down, but the Most Valuable Player Award was named in his honor at the University of Iowa. He's an outstanding player. And I'll give you an interesting story. When he was uh, in high school, he was playing Ryan Bowen from Fort Madison on the indoor courts out of the, uh, the rec center on the, um, the MUM campus. And Tyler is just working over Ryan. Ryan's about six, eight, six, nine, went of course on to play NBA basketball. He was an outstanding player at Fort Madison high school. And I'd gotten to know Ryan a little bit before he actually got on the tennis court with, with uh, Tyler that day. And he looked at me between breaks and I said, Get uh, Tyler down to the other end where there's basketball courts. Post him up. That's your only chance. <laughs> Ryan would have been able to beat Tyler one-on-one in basketball, but couldn't come close to beating him in tennis. Uh, Mike Smithberg, Fairfield uh, football player, went on to the University of Kansas. And, in fact, right now is working uh, in Fairfield at, uh, for his family uh, family business. Cam Bauman, currently on the University of Iowa baseball team, played at Fairfield High School. So those are the 
the, the top ones. There was one that didn't go Division One, and he was certainly an outstanding athlete. Well, two that come right to mind, Dirk Cool and Will Wellington. Wilmot was only got to play one season of high school football at Fairfield, but uh, set the school record for yards. I mean, he would average 300 yards per game. It was just phenomenal. So and well, then Dirk. Dirk Cool went on to, uh, I want to say, maybe one of the South Dakota colleges, but I'm not sure, but he he was outstanding, just tremendous athlete. I remember seeing him pitch. Uh, so uh, who was the best team that you ever covered? Be the Pekin football team of 1998. Yeah, I remember that. Those guys won the state championship. Yes, and the funny thing was, they average, and I've got the stats right here in front of me. I, that's one of the things I looked up. On the season, they had 6,296 yards on 576 carries. That's an average of 10.9. Think about that. Every time they ran the football, they averaged almost 11 yards. People said they couldn't pass. Well, they didn't need to with that kind of stats, but Adam Hammes would have been a good throwing quarterback. He was 28 of 55 with uh, nine touchdowns, three interceptions, 600 yards. So, but again, we had Derek Sabosky rushing for 2,501 yards. Corey Randall, 1,327. Adam Hammes, 987. There was this kid named Troy Adam, 486. Matt Askew, a wingback, 536. Uh, they were just, they were a machine. Outscored the opposition that season, 669 to 116. Man. Yeah, just, I, that was that one was a delight, wasn't it? So you mentioned Pat uh, Pekin and uh, Fairfield Maurice and the Trojans. So you you, you did get uh, uh, around us. How many schools did you call for? Basically, Cardinal and Van Buren would be the other two primary ones in our listening area. Yeah, but I did include on my sports at uh, Davis County and Thumma High School, and then of course Indian Hills Community College. And uh, oh, you look back at the the run of three straight national championships that that was incredible team. Now I didn't do play by play of them, but they certainly would have, uh, would have been right up there. I was, I went as kind of as a fan and a reporter. I mean, I, I'd go and watch the games. I'd talk about them on the radio, but they were just those three years. They only lost two games in three seasons on their way to becoming the first and still only team to win three consecutive division one national championships in uh, junior college basketball. Well, did you ever get a chance to interview anybody in show business or some big time coaches or anything in your career? Oh, definitely. Uh, the, probably the highlight was uh, interviewing Michael Jordan. He uh, played an exhibition game this season. They won their first championship. So that was the first year they got Scotty Pippen. Of course, BJ Armstrong was on that team and it was a, uh, really a thrill to uh, you know, meet him, interview him one-on-one. -on -one. I was kind of intimidated because I didn't think I'd get a chance to just be alone with him doing the interview. I figured it'd be one of those where you'd have several reporters asking questions. So uh, he was he was a very uh, accommodating man. He uh, At that time, I, I hadn't signed my press pass to get an autograph. And I saw one of the programs for the game uh, on my way out of the locker room. So I grabbed him, went back to, toward him. He's laughing as I approached him. I said, you back again. I said, last time I promised, but better be here. I'll start charges. What, five bucks at five bucks, 5,000 bucks. And he's just, like I say, he was very 
just a character. And then since I grew up a St. Louis Cardinals baseball fan, I got a chance to interview Bob Gibson and God rest his soul. He just uh, passed away in the last uh, year or two. And he was just one of those that intense competitor, but a very nice man as far as doing the interview had, you know, plenty of time for me. And then outside of radio, I interviewed several country music artists when I was over at Mount Pleasant. Of course, when they host old Threshers, I interviewed three of the four Statler brothers, Loretta Lynn. Uh, I got to meet Johnny Cash. I don't remember him doing an interview, but I got to, got to meet him. Yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I say, just a lot of great uh, country music entertainers. Uh, can't really remember any politician i did meet barack obama in fairfield when he was running for president i didn't don't think i did an interview with him though so anybody in show business any dan Aykroyds or anything ever call in or no uh trying to think on the on the show i guess we would have people call in occasionally but i'm not coming up with anybody that uh that stands out in my mind milo hamilton was another oh uh, fun interview he was a tremendous guy and of course was from fairfield and went on to be a hall of fame professional major league baseball radio man so well yeah he was that would have been i always dreamed of talking to him myself you know i mean uh i had a love for baseball and people told me you could never get to you could never get to the majors or have anything to do with baseball if you were from fairfield and i would tell him about milo hamilton yes and he uh was very accommodating. He uh, he came up to the radio station. It was just a lot of fun to to talk to. Well, let, let our listeners know what's what's life like uh, now that you're not behind a, a desk or a microphone. Well, I still do some work on the microphone. In fact, during spring sports, I am doing the uh, home track meets for Fairfield High School and also the home girls and boys uh, soccer games. I'll probably be doing some baseball and softball PA this summer. Then I, of course, came out of a basketball season where I did the public address for all, but I think one of the Fairfield High School home girl and boy uh, games this season. Uh, football, I they, they have a public address announcer, Mark Myers, and I told Mark, I said, you know, you're doing a great job, but if you ever decide to step aside, obviously I'll, I'll be glad to take on that role. I actually did some camera work and play-by-play for the uh, for the school website. I said, they're probably going to fire me because there were a lot of times I'd be talking about the play, but I forget to move the camera. So <laughs> they would not, not get to see what uh, what was taking place. I said, that's a lot harder than, than I uh, give, uh, give credit for the people that those doing the camera work. It's, it's something you got to be mindful of. Well, is there anything we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to? Not really. Um, like I said, just all of the uh, the great teams and athletes. There have been so many teams that uh, went to state tournaments and uh, numerous state champions, especially uh, tennis, track and field, uh, some wrestling state champions. Uh, it's trying to think of all-time greats, and that's really a tough list to narrow down because – you know, like I mentioned, all those Division One players uh, that I got a chance to cover. But Eric Kickenbottom from Cardinal in basketball was a tremendous uh, scoring machine. Uh, Zach Silverman from Maharshi School. Jordan Sadoff from Pekin, of course, his dad, Art, was a, a former principal and superintendent in this area. And, in fact, 
this right to retire to superintendent in Nanola, Garrett Saunders from Van Buren, uh, Jared Myers also from Van Buren. Those are some of the boys on the girls' side. Uh, I mentioned Sammy Allison, but there was Nicole Book, Amy Breen, uh, Taryn Charman from Van Buren, Abby Rowe, uh, of course, Abby Manning these days, uh, Hannah Haynes, Shelby Spates. I had Mick Flattery. Uh, he came in the same time I did uh, into teaching at Fairfield High School, and he would be the boys' basketball coach. And then he uh, eventually became the girls' basketball coach, went back to the boys, and I texted him recently. I said, so top players all time that come to your mind when uh, boys and girls, since he coached both the teams, and he's and like says, he was in the school system the same amount of time that I was the radio guy. So as far as boys' basketball players, he had came up with quite a list. And Woody Orn, that's uh, – Obviously, somebody I mentioned playing football for the University of Iowa. He one time had a 30-30 game, 30 points, 30 rebounds. Uh, Max Wheaton, a, a contemporary, he's uh, currently a junior at Fairfield High School. Ian Curran, Austin Simpson, Matt Thornton, Sim Buckley, Eric Moore, Zeb Buckley, Sim's big brother, Matt Hempel, Matt Rasmussen, and Mason Phelps. And on the girls' side, he uh, uh, mentioned uh, Sidney Bauman, Sammy Fritz, Nicole Book, his daughter, Meredith Flattery, Amy Breen, and Michaela Lunsford. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to all those uh, greats that I've had a chance to cover those players and so many great teams. But probably the best thing that's come out of it is just relationships. I've got so many friends in the, in the communities that I've you know, touched through sports, and I just am blessed. I'll put it that way. Let me, let me throw a name at you that, that you work with. Did you work with Mark Denny? Oh, yes. In fact, I heard Steve Smith talk about this uh, on April 1st. He said the greatest April Fool's joke still that he knows of is the one that Mark Denny and I did. Oh, I kind of remember this. <laughs> yeah, so it basically started off April Fool's that year. It was 1999, and I found that out uh through my daughter because she was on a she was a senior at Fairfield High School and they were on a trip and maybe it was 2000 I, I thought she said 1999 but we'll go with 99 and anyway she was on a spring break trip so an April Fool's fell during the time she was gone but we set it up on Monday I said something about well I think I'm gonna take Friday off you know just need need some time off and then like the next day or two talked about the management wasn't going to let me take the day off. And I, said, I remember, I remember I said, I've been here all these years and now they're not going to let me take oh. Friday off. And so by the time Friday gets there and we'd been talking about it all week and I'd worked myself into this, uh, this uproar. And so Mark and I walked off the air together and uh, the manager at the time, Jay Mitchell, and I think Bob Harvey was working at the station at that point, which my daughter Jenny was good friends with his daughter, Jessica. So we walk off the air and it's dead for a few seconds. And then Jay comes scrambling in and, and carries on the rest of the morning show. <laughs> and, and of course he was, he was in on it. We, we, we'd set this up and we told people at noon, say April fools. And there's still people to this day that have not forgiven me for that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember. And Mark stormed off in a huff. And yes, the, yes. Oh, ah, that was really some of the best radio ever. You know what? I mean, that's, that was when radio was the theater of the mind. You remember? Exactly. 
Exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, it's been really, really fun reminiscing with you. We've only got a couple minutes left. Anything else that you want to mention? Or That's all I have on my mind. Uh, I just I tell people I got a couple of uh, boredom fighters. I got a couple of pups last summer. Uh, they were born in July. I got them on, in August. And uh, so we got them literally from little pups and uh, Jack Russell Chihuahua mix. So you can imagine they've got a little bit of a uh, hyperness to them, but they, they keep me busy and keep me from getting bored. And with the uh, doing the public address announcing, I can tell people now I know somebody's listening because they're there in the gym or around the uh, in the seats at the, the, the stadium for the track or the baseball and softball. And I said, when the game's over, I can leave. I don't have to worry about getting up the next morning and getting something on a website or on the radio. So I, I certainly enjoy uh, this aspect of uh, carrying on with a microphone, but not nearly as much time. What well, was a uh, uh, really nice time uh, on this podcast, catching up with you. I want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, this well, thanks is- for having me. Well, this has been Round Guy the Podcast with news you can use that don't give you the blues. And uh, sure, thanks uh, for being with you. All right, we're out.